Whoa, 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 whoa. Do we actually have some good news to talk about today? No, Tyler, we don't. For the first time since driving back from Lincoln, Nebraska, Tyler, is there quit a reason? sunshine. Is there a reason? I'm just asking. No, I, I'm just asking. I mean, OU does have the number three overall recruiting class now. I mean, they didn't even do, they didn't do anything. It's just the updated player rankings, but the updated player rankings has vaulted OU from the number six overall class just outside the top five to now inside the top three, the number three overall class. Has this been received as a big deal today? Not a big deal. Nobody cares. Everyone's too upset to acknowledge they have a top three class now. Where, where, where are we at now with this with this new thing? I, it's something. God, it's like the first thing in a month you've had to, you know, maybe even uh, smile about. I, I don't know. <sighs> I'm I'm going to use it as a big deal. Okay. When you've gone this long without some good news, this is definitely good news, Parker. It, it is good news. However, it's kind of. It's almost like passive good news because, like you said, the recruiting rankings just kind of like they got shuffled, and that's how Oklahoma jumped from number six to number three. It wasn't by virtue of a new commitment or any like tangible uh, update or addition to Oklahoma's class. It's just, oh, here are new rankings. Now Oklahoma's number three in the country in terms of recruiting. So, listen, looking ahead to this weekend, you got a trio of big time official visitors on campus, maybe just maybe. Uh, this is the weekend where we start to see Oklahoma close in on their next commit in the 2023 cycle. Trio of big visitors? Yes. Well, Tassili Akana uh, is one of those from the state of Utah, number one player in the state of Utah. Who were the others? Uh, okay, so one's already committed. Uh, Derek LeBlanc ah, is okay. taking his official visit this weekend. But uh, the other guy is Caden McDonald, four-star defensive lineman out of Sewanee, Georgia. Actually, I would like to change my initial reaction of you saying Derek LeBlanc and me just going, ah, you know, Okay, yeah. You need every single commit. Like, n- normally when you hear a commits on a visit, Parker, it's like, eh, okay, whatever. He's already committed. Already got him. L- l- let's, let's go to the uncommitted guys. L- let's talk about the more exciting thing. Especially a guy like Derek LeBlanc who plays the defensive line. This is like maybe the perfect time for him to be on campus. I I, I don't know. I, I'd rather him be on campus than be off of campus. I, I'll take, say that. You will take all the elite defensive line yeah. that you can get right now. And, hey, maybe nobody's doing backflips today and super optimistic all of a sudden again just because OU's back to the number three class or to the number three class, I should say. But it's better than the alternative, Parker. It's better than these updated player rankings and you shuffle back to number eight or nine because these recruiting industries look closely, look a little bit closer at who you have committed and say, eh, maybe we're not high on, as high on some of these guys as we thought. Like, okay, if you don't want to celebrate the top three class, I guess I'll do it alone here. But it's better than uh, moving back to like 8, 9, or 10 today. So I, it's, it's at least not a uh, major setback like you've had here recently. Somebody on the text line said, come on, Parker, get out of your field, celebrate something. No, look, I was being facetious. It is cause for celebration because, as Peyton mentioned on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, we have risers now. We used to have fallers. It's true. So that's why we should Defensive celebrate. Defensive risers. Look, yeah. at this. Look at these guys. Yeah, huh? Colton Vosick is number 120 in the nation right now as of today in the 24-7. PJ Adabare, what, did he move up to number 39 overall from number 48? Is that right? 
Yeah, so is he's, that what up the number to, was? he's up to 32 in the composite. 32 in the composite, yeah. so he's right outside of a top 30 player nationally. Yeah. Um, Caden Green, an offensive tackle. Anyone here think OU needs a really good offensive tackle in yeah, this would, class? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> he's, what, is he at 64 to 70 in the 24-7 rankings, which is yes. separate from the 24-7 composite rankings? Yes. So, so 24-7 has yeah. him as the number 64 player in the country. So um, what, what, what does this tell us today? That OU rolls from number six to number three. Does it tell us anything? What, what does it tell us? Uh, evaluations continuing to pay dividends. And I, again, I want to underscore Peyton's text. You got risers. You got guys that have continued to inch closer and closer and closer to the top. Poster child is Sammy Omasigo. Man, he just, like every single update, just another few spots and another few spots and another few spots to the point where right now he is right on the cusp of being a top 100 national prospect. Yeah. And that it's the case for so many of these guys in Oklahoma's class where uh, Oklahoma was three-star U for a minute this summer, but a lot of those three stars have since picked up their fourth star. Most recently, Keon Brown today got That's, the composite fourth star yep. as well. So all of the Sooners' wide receiver commits are now blue chips when you look at Jaquez Petaway, Anthony Evans, and Keon Brown. So at this point, uh, I – I'm not as optimistic that Phil Pachotti gets the four-star, but there's a chance. There's a definite chance. Caleb Hicks is right on the cusp of being a four-star guy at the moment, literally right on the cusp. Like, I think the cutoff, I think there are 417 blue-chip players in America right now, and he's like number 422. So very, very close to attaining blue-chip status. This is a really good and a really well-balanced class for Oklahoma. We've talked about it time and time again, but as the months – go by, you're just continually more and more impressed with these evaluations by the yeah. Oklahoma staff. No, it's 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 true, and it's the one thing that you can kind of hang your hat on from this year, right? Like Peyton's saying, agree with Tyler, this is the happiest, happiest I've been in a month. See, there you go. There's some optimism on the text line today. I, I, I like it. You know, and, and if I were to ask the question of, well, what do you think OU's final regular season record's going to be? We would get everything, Parker, from 3-9 and nine to... Maybe some eight and fours. Maybe even a nine and three sprinkled in there, which I don't think is going to happen. But you get the point. I think most of them would be six and six or seven and five. Well, seven and five is completely different, I think, going into the offseason and how you feel about 2023 in that season. If you have the number three class compared to the number 28 overall class. So I, I continue to say it is just it's it's massive, man. You've got to keep this class together. Even if you strike out on Cecilia Kana, even if you don't end up getting Peyton Bowen, even if you you know never really show any more interest towards Malachi Coleman, even if you really strike out the rest of your way all the way to signing day number one, you're still going to have a top 10 class and maybe close to a top five class. If nothing else is added to this class, you've just got to have this class optimism reasons um, immediate player re like there's so many reasons why you got to keep this class intact and if you do maybe there's a lot more optimism going into year two because you're going to need some after what we're going to see this year somebody on the text line asked parker who's the next commit for ou in your opinion that's tough 
I don't think there's like a there's not a clear answer, and that's why the hesitation. You got shut now, out in September, and I'm kind of worried. You know, now I, I not worried I'm, be, because you got shut out in September, and you might get shut out in October. But you've got what 22 commits in this class, so you're you're nearing the end. It's not like you're sitting here with 11. It might go two consecutive months with getting shut out. So it's it's. I mean, you, you don't want that to happen, but you're not in dire straits. Clearly, you got the number three class. I would say the next commit, and this is tough because here's the thing. You just saw a new offer today in the class of 2023 at safety. Three-star prospect Tyler Scott out of the state of Georgia. Uh, that's one to watch. Really, anybody at safety right now that the Sooners are even displaying remote interest in is worth watching because it has to be acknowledged that if Peyton Bowen and Ryan Yates continue to drag their feet, at some point Oklahoma's going to have to move on. And that's kind of move what, on. It could be very quick. I, I and I kind of that's what I thought when I saw this offer go out. It's hmm, are they just saying, all right, let's just let's go pursue other avenues here. Yeah, let's go pursue so, other options. Uh, I, my answer right now is to Celia Kana. There is some buzz and some belief that to Celia Kana might shut things down after this weekend. Uh, as of right now, that's not necessarily my expectation, but there are those that believe behind the scenes that's a definite possibility. So I would watch to Celia Kana and make careful note of how that visit goes this weekend. This text from the 918 says, what about Nicholas Harbor? Oh, well, I mean, if if Mule was still here, maybe. I mean, he's a top 10 player nationally, five-star athlete. And is he a South Carolina lean at this point? That'd be a massive get for old yeah, Shane it sounds like It sounds like either South Carolina or Michigan. Right now. She's, again, He's a D.C. If, kid. If Jamar Kane is still on staff at Oklahoma, Nicholas Harbor's a Sooner right now. What? That's not how the cookie crumbled. So, it is what it is. Moving up the current recruiting rankings is also relevant in what many of us need to hear for the current team. This coaching staff can evaluate talent. So, if there are players that are not currently playing, there is a reason why. Yes, yes, and I, I, I will say this. Uh, talking to a couple sources since last we hit the air yesterday, here is one thing I want to emphasize. The difference between Brent Venable's culture and Lincoln Riley's culture is that uh, Lincoln Riley was just playing the best athletes. Uh, Lincoln Riley was playing the guys that performed the best in practice. With Brent Venables, it's a little bit more nuanced than that, as it needs to be, because you're dealing with a more intricate system, particularly on defense, uh, than you were under the old regime. Now, I understand people are going to have all their opinions on that. There are people that are going to say, well, play the best athletes. What do you have to lose? You're 3-3. Three and three. You just got shut out by Texas. I get that. And look, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that's one of the major cultural differences right now between the new and the old. Uh, on that note, one listener asks, just tuned in, is there any truth to DJ Graham moving to wide receiver? Yes, there is. And as I mentioned last hour with Steely, that is something that had been on the table for quite some time. Uh, there were conversations as far back as January or February about moving DJ Graham to receiver. And I do know for a fact that was something DJ wanted to do. Uh, he wanted to make the transition. He wanted to get in the receiver room. Uh, and so it sounds like there is – sounds like there's very much a possibility uh, that that does end up happening, and that might not be an immediate transition. It might be the type of thing where 
uh, they ease him into it a little bit more. But he was a very, very gifted receiver in high school. Came to Oklahoma to play receiver before they said, you know what, we're going to stick you at cornerback. So uh, I, I, I'm curious to see how that situation plays out uh, because he is going to have to learn the offensive playbook. Obviously, I don't know how much he knows of it already. But not only that, he's probably going to have to switch numbers Yeah, because he, he and Braden Willis both wear nine. And uh, he's entering a room in which there's a lot of depth right now. Well, and do you have enough depth at, at corner to do this right now? I mean, is Woody Washington going to continue to play safety moving forward? I mean, he's at least going to, you know, probably do it until, what, Billy Bowman comes back, which I don't think that Billy Bowman's necessarily going to be back on Saturday. Maybe he's back after the bye week. It's just like, dang, I... Uh, okay, fine, but I don't think wide receiver's been your biggest issue so far this year. I, I feel like corner's been a bigger issue so far than wide receiver's been, so I guess I'm, I'm sitting here right now, Parker, confused about this move and at the exact uh, midway point of the season. Well, and uh, here's maybe what will diminish the confusion a little bit, Tyler. Is, I mean, we, we've had people on the text line all week talking about how less than talented the defensive backfield is and dj graham's name is he gets dragged through the mud as much so as anybody short of justin Broyles. get nine off the field why does they, why do they keep letting nine get torched nine blows his assignments more than anybody else on the defensive side so maybe maybe it's less about depth at defensive back and more about okay this just isn't working out and maybe we give a guy an opportunity because there was a time DJ Graham looked like he was going to be a really good cornerback. That feels like a really long time ago. Yeah. And so maybe it's a mutual understanding between him and the coaching staff that, you know, if, if this guy's going to go play ball in the league and we want to really unlock his potential for this football team, we need to get him doing something different than what he's doing. Now. There are some boomer doomers, as you can imagine, on the text line. They didn't do anything good, but it's nice to be top three. Getting excited about recruiting rankings is like getting excited about preseason rankings. There you go. Hey, well, if you want to offer up something to be more excited about than having the number three overall class right now, trust me, uh, we're all ears right now. I, I, I would love to have something to be super optimistic about, but this still has a chance to be your highest-ranked recruiting class in the modern era. I don't think that we're going to be bragging about the end-of-season record by the time it's all said and done. You're going to have to have some sort of optimism going into 2023, and if it's not this recruiting class, then I'm not sure what it's going to be at this point. Yeah. By the way, everybody in the text line asking about the Brian Darby thing. Oh, yeah. At very surface level, to my understanding, at least, it's just he's been balling out in practice, and I think that uh, coinciding with the news that DJ Graham is going to move to the wide receiver room, I think there are probably just a few of his buddies, a few of his teammates – that would like to see him get some burn before you start talking about moving another guy into the receiver room. Uh, you will note that all of those tweets have since been deleted. Yeah, so. and and look, I'm I'm all about uh, giving props to your teammate, but maybe not the best move right now, Parker, to be tweeting multiple players, to be it, tweeting out definitely, uh, free BD. Definitely it's, not the best move. It's on not. Their part. It's it's not the best move at all. But like you said, most of those have been deleted. All right, text are rolling in right now on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. More Cruton, more OU football on the other side. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.
Air Comfort Solutions text line is popping. The KREF app is popping right now. Just search KREF in the App Store to listen wherever you're at on the go. We've got Ottawa, Canada, Draper, Utah, Sweetwater, Texas, Jacksonville, Florida, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Bell Vernon, Pennsylvania, Boiling Springs, South Carolina. Someone texted in uh, right when the show started and said they're listening in Djibouti today. Djibouti! <laughs> Did not see that on the map, but I'll go ahead and take your word for it. Small town of the day, uh, we got Manford, Oklahoma. Manford. Do you know which uh, former Sooner on the baseball diamond hails from uh, Manford, Oklahoma? Manford, this Oklahoma. This is like, he's my age, so this is like way back. The, uh, you got to go about a decade back, maybe longer Okay, Manford, that. Oklahoma. He was on the, uh, the what, the 2010 um, OU team that, that, uh, that played in Omaha. Okay, spoiler for me. I don't know. Caleb Bushyhead for Manford, Oklahoma. You know who Caleb Bushyhead is? Uh, the name definitely yeah, rings yeah, a bell. Good. I just Manford, just west of Tulsa, but okay. uh, it is uh, our small town of the day. By the way, OU is number three in the new recruiting rankings. It looks like this: Bama is one, Georgia is two, OU three, Texas four, Ohio State five, Notre Dame six, LSU seven, Clemson eight. Tennessee 9, Miami at 10, and then you got Florida at 11, which means that seven of the 11 teams, or seven of the top 11 teams, are either SEC schools or about to be an SEC school. Uh-huh. But what these, It just means more. What these new rankings show me, Parker, is that one and two have kind of started to take shape. Bama's going to be your number one class. Georgia, it's looking pretty good. They're going to be your number two class, but... OU is in a you know decent little group there that can finish with the number three overall class okay, if things g- go their way. Give me the numbers here real quick. How many commits does Georgia have? Georgia's got 21, okay. and their numbers are uh, 292.72. OU's at 285.72. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably probably a safe bet that Georgia's going to be two. So kind of puts Oklahoma in the driver's seat for three, though. Like They control their own destiny very much so with the likes of – Akana and Peyton Bowen, Ryan Yates, whatever interior defensive line guy they end up prioritizing, whether that's Johnny Bowens or Caden McDonald or Marcus Steele, I don't know. But uh, Oklahoma certainly is going to have a strong case for number three if they close the way that they can with some of the targets that are still open uh, and available on the board. Somebody on the text line said, let's go get Reuben Bain. Very interesting to me that he's still uncommitted and – I I wonder if Oklahoma makes a renewed push for him because the fact that he hasn't locked it in with Miami yet, it's like, okay, yeah, what are you waiting on, kid? Um, somebody on the text line also said, Djibouti is in Africa. Yes. Yeah, yes, I just is. didn't see it on the map is what I'm saying. I know where it's at on the map. I'm talking about our app map. I didn't see that it registered today. That's what I was meaning there. Oh, boy. And nice. Uh, many of you got Caleb Bushyhead. Very well done to several of you. Ellick, Oklahoma, does that qualify as a small town, or is it just like Verdon and just a suburb of Chickasha? Wait, 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 Hold up, hold up, hold up. Say that, say that again. Ellick, it's pronounced. It looks. It reads Alex, but if you want to be a true Oklahoman Parker, oh, you gotta, come on. you got to say Ellick. You cannot convince me that that's Ellick. It is. Trust me. No. I, no, I assure you. Dumb. If that's I the assure case, you. then that's dumb. That's it, like, it, it may be dumb, but that's how they say it. That is patently stupid. I promise stupid. you. Listen, up in Nebraska, there's a town called Norfolk, and everybody up there insists on pronouncing it Norfolk. 
which again is stupid. It's like, not the it's same just, thing. I thought it was Beatrice, Nebraska, and I still want it to be Beatrice, Nebraska. Oh, no, Beatrice. Beatrice. Yeah, yeah. Beatrice. Oh, it is Beatrice. Yes. You want to see? We're, I think we're all um, <laughs> Oklahomans were pronouncing it wrong out that, there. Texas has a zillion of these, like Bear with an X, B E X A R, or Refugio, R E F U G I O. Yeah, there was this one point in time at which I think it was my senior year of college. My roommates at the time, who were both from the state of Texas, like read they they had me read the names of like thirty different towns in Texas. They probably just laughed at you the entire it, time. They really did. Yep. They really did. The easiest one on there was Waxahachie. Yeah, which, that, that's hey, that's kind of an easy one. Yeah, it's pretty phonetic. A lot of them are not. By the way, it's Miami and not Miami. Yes, I, yes. I, I'm, I'm okay guessing with that. that you knew that one. I'm okay with that. If you have a beef with Ellick, that's fine. I'm just telling you that that's how they pronounce it. I'm just letting you know. It's just, it's just bizarre. By the way, new 24-7 uh, sports rankings, Arch Manning still at number one. Well, no you don't surprise, say. No surprise there. That, that was never going to change, which he's actually having a pretty good year. I don't have his uh, overall numbers right in front of me, but they're really good. I think he just let a comeback win this past week. So, good for him. Did ESPN update their rankings today as well? They updated them yesterday. And Oh, yesterday, and uh, Jackson Arnold is now a five-star with uh, ESPN, too. Well, so good. It took him long enough to, for him to get to a five-star. Couple, a couple recruiting services are still behind the curve on that one. Which, but. well, you know, not only are they behind the curve, I looked at ESPN, like how they, like the webpage of their overall rankings, it looks like it was from 2005, man. I, I, like they haven't updated it into the modern era of the internet, dude. But Jackson Arnold is at number eight overall uh, via ESPN. But OU had some players that moved up: uh, PJ Adabare, Caden Green, and really the guys that moved down. Parker, um, they had a few that did, but it was very, very minimal. Yeah, very minimal. The guys that dropped, and we call those we call those passive drops in the recruiting business, which is basically to say. They're not dropping because of anything that they've done and or didn't do. They're only dropping because other guys have done something to earn a significant jump up the list, the point where they're leapfrogging those individuals. So when a guy like Jaquay's Petaway drops five spots, it's not necessarily because the recruiting industry thinks any less of him. Uh, they just look at a guy like David Hobbs, four-star defensive lineman from down the southeast, and say, oh, okay, with what he's done his senior year, we got to move this dude into the top 40. Yeah. Uh, by the way, 12 commits for OU in the top 24-7. So there you go. Um, Oklahoma State's at number 63 right now. Only 11 commits in their class. Uh, but OU, number three overall class, looking pretty good right now. Tassili Akana, top 100 player, is going to be in town this weekend, which he can't uh, – I guess he can't escape the 11 a.m. visits uh, for his recruiting visits. I guess he was at LSU last weekend. Really? They, have, they had an 11 a.m. kick and got blasted at home by Tennessee. Was Akana at the Alabama-Texas game? Is that the game that he was yes, at? Yes, That he was, was 11 a.m., and now he's going to be at OUKU for an 11 a.m. game this weekend. So I guess he, uh, the body clock for him is uh, probably fully adjusted to these 11 a.m. Central Standard Time kickoffs. Yeah. Uh, this listener says one of the most annoying Texas town names is Humble, Texas, pronounced Humble. Oh, the Texas. H is silent. Okay. Yeah, which like, I, and I don't have a huge issue with that because it's just one of those things where you say it enough times, you start to eliminate little uh, letters and diphthongs here and there. So, for instance, like 
and I think this goes back to the debate that Plank was having with his listeners several weeks back. Is it ahistoric or anhistoric? It just depends on how you say it. Like, I would say ahistoric, a, like a, a historic day. Bob Costas, Bob Costas would kind of gloss over the H, and he would say, it's an historic day. So it just kind of depends on how it rolls off your tongue. I would uh, take the Bob Costas route if yeah, I had my I, uh, pick there. He's he's a legend, so I'll defer to him on that one. Tyler, if Parker truly wants to break the jinx of the white buffalo, he would immediately paint flames on the front and add a large spoiler on the back. Rockstar, Mark in Newcastle. I wish, God, you're too young for this. Um, MTV used to have a show, Pimp My Ride, and now, you know, those cars, like, that's what we should have done with the four Taurus, honestly. Exhibit, the rapper, used to host that, and they would take these just cars that were in just awful shape to people that really couldn't afford to fix their cars up, and they would put, like, a pool table in the back if they were big pool play <laughs> like just ridiculous things that would happen but it seems like they would always put flames on the cars i would be down to put flames on the white buffalo if you were if you were okay to do it and we could raise money from the text line to put flames on it i think that this could be a great deal listen really if we're gonna raise money awesome. on the text line we're gonna raise money to buy a new taurus because the buffalo might be beyond salvaging at this point in terms of its bad juju <laughs> this listener says, Married team needs to take a day trip to Manford because we play like we're from Womanford. I'll see myself out. Wow. Huh. Okay. They've been uh, sitting on that joke for quite some time, Parker, ever since we introduced the Oklahoma small town of the day. They've yeah, been no waiting joke. for that was Manford, like Oklahoma to, to get that. Nice. Oh, man. Well, hey, I know some of you don't want to accept the good news today, and I'm not saying that it's uh, – Great news by any – I mean, it, OU didn't necessarily do anything other than really recruit and evaluate well, but you've got a top three class right now. And I'll be honest, I thought that ship had sailed after you lost out on David Hicks two weeks ago today, but all it took was some new rankings, and there you go. You're in the top three for the first time in a long, long time. But here's what we all want, the percentage chance that OU's going to stay at the number three class when December rolls around. Where are you at percentage-wise with things, with so many things to sort out over the next couple of months? 50%. Even flip of the coin. To me, here's the thing, and I've said this for a while. If a school's going to supplant Oklahoma permanently, it's going to be Florida. Especially if they get Cormani McLean, who's a top-five player. As many elite prospects as Florida has left on the recruiting board, that's a team that is going to have some serious upward mobility. Over the last couple months. Cormani McLean's the number two overall player. That's going to bump up Florida pretty significantly. Yeah. And we'll see about Texas. I mean, Texas has the number one overall player in, uh, in Arch Manning. And he's he's not he's not going anywhere. But does Texas really have anything left on the board of, of substance? Like anyone in the top 100 that they're still waiting on? Maybe they do. I, I just don't feel like there's three or four guys left for them that they're kind of waiting for decisions on. I don't think Cedric Baxter's sticking. Well, that's he 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 rose in these recent rankings, right? Yeah. Yeah, I he was up I think he's up to a top 50 player uh, nationally, four-star running back. I don't think he's going to be a long one. Well, Orlando Florida kid, does he end up with the Gators if it's not Texas? Uh they they're very much yeah. in play. Yeah. Yeah. So to your point about uh, Florida charging up the rankings, that is a very very real possibility at this point, but Man, just get to Celia Connor, right? Get some good news. Yeah, no joke. Get some momentum back. 
Have a great visit weekend with him, with Tatilia Kana, and maybe you can get a commitment that uh, helps you uh, get some momentum back. All right, our uh, our buddy Travis Davidson is going to join us next segment, as he does every single Wednesday at 2.35. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Really, it's locked in with McComas, Thune, and now Davidson, as it is every single Wednesday at 2.35. Travis, what's going on, dude? Uh, you being a boomer doomer, or uh, you accepting the good news today that OU's the number three overall class in uh, the 2023 rankings? Oh, I'm uh, definitely not being a boomer doomer, that's for sure. Um, obviously. Uh, great news this morning, you're right. The number three class, got to love that. You saw some guys uh, get some uh, bumps in the rankings. Uh, um, and, and that three to seven range is only separated, I think, by less than a point. So, um, you know, there could be any time any of those other schools get anybody committed. Could be the worst player in the uh, uh, in the country. If they get them committed, they're likely jumping us. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think we can just grab, you know, grip that number three and just say, all right, we're just – is what it is. There will be some fluctuation for sure, but definitely excited, man. Yeah, no, hey, it's something to be excited about. That's my point, man. It's been uh, it's been way too long. I'll get excited by just about anything at this point. Hell, I may rush the field if they beat Kansas on Saturday. Don't put it past me. And if I rush the field, <laughs> I might do it in the White Buffalo. You might see the White Buffalo drive out on the field on Saturday. Jason Fares, no if you're listening, I apologize for what you're going to have to go through if Tyler McComas gets a hold of my vehicle and drives it on Owen Field on Saturday. <laughs> Just know that I was not involved, at least not willingly. Um, here's a text I did for enjoy, you guys. I did enjoy the, uh, the Pimp My Ride, uh, the Pimp My Ride uh, um, short little shout-out to Wasn't the, that, that great guy. show? That was one of my favorite shows. What an up, intro man. song, man, they too. Put the craziest, they put the craziest <laughs> stuff in there, man. If you were a DJ, Parker, they'd put like a DJ, uh, the whole DJ thing, like in the trunk of the car. They did uh, pretty incredible things in the trunk of a car on that show. I don't know if you can go back and they archive a, that and watch it, but you need to. I'll tell you what, there's a there's a link uh, that's, uh, you know, top 20 things that they put in, uh, in in the Pimp My Ride episodes. It's, it's pretty bewildering. Uh, they put a hot tub, put a fish tank, they put a CAT scan. Machine, popcorn popper, um, put a fireplace back there, um, a juice bar. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty insane. But but yeah, I think uh, I think we need to do that to the White Buffalo, or maybe uh, I do too. Uh, one texter said we should have done it to the Sooner Schooner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, I, I mean, they had time last Saturday. As Parker uh, tweeted out, they were just kind of hanging out there for about three hours and barely even budged or, or had to move to the Sooner Schooner on Saturday in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, that was that must have been rough. <laughs> like, it, it, here's the thing: you're a horse attached to a carriage. It's not like you get to sit down, right? You're just standing. You're standing for three hours in shoes that I would have to imagine are less than comfortable. 
If I were if I were I mean, a horse, I'd have just been I feel like, like a, a lot of horses sit down a lot though, Parker, do they? Well, but you but they can't if they're attached to that thing. I'm just wondering if you're going to get a lot of crap on the text line for calling the schooner a carriage. I'll be interested to uh, monitor well, okay, things. Well, I also don't okay. like <laughs> semantics. I also don't drive through the country and see like a bunch of bunch of horses just sitting down in a field. You know, they're they're often standing. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, I don't think it's new to them. Um, here's something interesting on the text line. There are whispers that it's not over with David Hicks. Oh boy. I have not heard these whispers. Well, are I, there I, whispers? I, yes, there are whispers, and I've heard the whispers. Here's what I will say regarding that situation. I'll believe it when I see it. I will believe it when I see it, because what do we know about the deal between DJ Hicks and Texas A&M, Tyler? Uh, $4 million. That's what we know. Actually, well, we don't know that. That's just my guess. We know there are <laughs> some ancillary factors at play. In that relationship. Yeah, does he want hundred or tw- hundreds or 20s? Yeah, that's that's the factor here. Correct. So, again, for that reason, I will believe it when I see it. Okay. So, not a whole lot of optimism there from one Parker Thune that OU is uh, somewhat still in the mix for David Hicks. Travis, are you uh, – I don't know what whispers you're hearing out there. But are your the whispers that you're hearing make you a little bit more confident that OU can get back into this thing before December? Well, you, you know, it's it's a situation where, like I said, believe it when you see it. But you know, until the ink's dry, anything can happen, man. There's a lot of weird rumors coming out of Texas A&M in general. I mean, you get Anthony Hill to Texas rumors, uh, even even Evan Stewart, who's actually you know enrolled. Um, is, you know, on his Instagram, he took a picture of his Texas A&M jersey with this, with just the word Texas showing. Um, and then he put up a, you know, uh, uh, on his story something about Texas. It's just, you know, it, it's the same thing we've always known, Tyler. It's just weird stuff happening in College Station. Just weird stuff in College Station. This is nothing new. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it really is nothing new. Um, do, that, do I expect him to close out the class with David Hicks? Yes, I, uh, I do expect them to close out the class with David Hicks. But is there uh, some crazy things going to happen in recruiting in the next two months? Oh, my God, 100%. There ain't no doubt about it. And I'm still sitting here wondering if anything is ever going to happen with Malachi Nelson and Zach Branch. Because, what, two months ago, that seemed like a real possibility that it might be A&M or, or somebody else that gets in with Malachi Nelson and Zach Branch, but... You talk about going quiet on the trail, Parker. That's gone quiet quite a bit, uh, seemingly. It, it makes you wonder, did uh, did the BMDs at USC pony up and get those two what they That's kind of what wanted. we thought that that was about initially. Yeah, and it's it was one of those deals where you could see them flipping if USC didn't get it together in that capacity, but the fact that nothing has happened yet would lead you to believe that USC did see the writing on the wall and they did get their stuff together in that regard. I s- could it could it be a BMD could it be a BMD thing or could it simply be uh, Lincoln Riley's offense seems to be doing just fine and Jimbo's still running something from the Stone Age? Okay, yeah, that probably also has something to do with it. Yes, I mean that. I feel like that could. I feel like that could help because it's a situation like we talk about our class, uh, our 2023 class under Brent Venables. Like it is a new system 
with them. Like, they're excited to get in early playing time, perhaps. You know, they're going to be the first ones that are actually recruited for this specific system outside of, you know, a couple guys, uh, you know, that we got late in the cycle last year. But with with Jimbo, it's like this has been the offense for a long time. Like, this isn't a new system they're doing. So uh, when you get recruited to play there, um, you're going to be running the same offense that isn't working now. So, yeah. I'm just trying to bring up some guys here in these uh, new 24-7 sports rankings that OU either we once thought that they were in on or they might be in on now. And at number 66 and number 67, a couple of those guys are there. Marcus Deal, a four-star defensive lineman for Garland, Texas. We immediately mentioned him two weeks ago when uh, David Hicks picked Texas A&M. But there's Malachi Coleman, Parker. Um, still listed or is listed as a number 70 overall player. We've talked about him a lot, and going after a top 70 player, especially a four-star athlete, looks attractive. It just it doesn't feel like OU's going to go that route, man, regardless of him staying in the top 100 or not in these newest rankings. Yeah. Well, again, you go back to the reality that OU can afford to be picky a little bit based on uh, the class that they have accumulated to date. And you look at the strictly the top 100 players – that Oklahoma has in the boat right now. Derek LeBlanc, I think, is at 105 just off of that pedestal. Samuel Masigo is at 108, I want to say. But you have Jackson Arnold, you got PJ Atabare, you got Caden Green, you got Jaquez Petaway, Jacoby Johnson, Makari Vickers. Am I forgetting anyone? Six right now? I think six. LeBlanc was seven until he took a little bit of a dip today with the new rankings release. But, uh, you throw in Omasigo, LeBlanc, and Colton Vosick, the Sooners have eight of the top 120 players nationally. Yeah. Uh, totally random question on the text line. We'll hit it before we hit a break. Who was the quarterback in 1999 if Josh Heupel went down with an injury? Patrick Fletcher, probably. I know Jason White was on the roster, I think, in True 1999. Yeah. yeah. But it, it probably would have been Patrick Fletcher. And if you're asking, like, if that proves a point, then – I think, I think I know the point that you're trying to get at, and fair enough, though I think Patrick Fletcher would have looked a lot better than what OU had at quarterback last week. Uh, yeah, I think it would look far better. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll close up Locked In coming up next. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the home of Sooner fans. If uh, the number three overall class isn't good enough news for you, well, I'll at least try to offer up something else. Uh, we have live football on TV 37 of the next 40 days. 37 of the next 40 days, you can catch live football on your television. October 18th, October 25th, and October 26th are the uh, only days for the next 40 days you're not going to have live football on your television. Louisiana and Marshall tonight, Wednesday night game. How about that? We even got a Big 12 game on tomorrow night, Baylor at uh, West by God, Virginia. They're playing on a Thursday? Playing on a Thursday night. Okay, interesting. Seems like Baylor hey, always plays on a Thursday night every year. That's the future of the new 12, man. <laughs> get, get used to a lot of Tuesday and Wednesday games, maybe a, maybe a Thursday noon game. You know, the new 12 is going to have some uh, some dicey – 
um, you know, viewing experiences. This is, but uh, I will say, Jason Fares shot me a message and said, uh, tell Tyler to keep the great white buffalo off my lawn. Mm. Okay, <laughs> so it will be done. This is Travis. This is kind Just of Travis's uh, new agenda lately. Travis and the uh, the new Big Twelve are beefing. Hey, I just I, I just got so annoyed by all the ho oh, ho. Look at the unranked OU in Texas, man. I can't believe they're getting all this publicity when they're unranked. Why is nobody paying attention to us? And and they laugh at OU in Texas while not realizing. Yeah, it's it's not good that nobody's paying attention to you. That means whenever the new TV deals come up, that you're going to be streaming Thursday nights on HGTV Plus, and OU is going to be hosting Georgia for game day. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, uh, 11 a.m. on ESPN two. By the way, and I'm sh- I'm I'm sure that that'll still draw better ratings than uh, most of the conference this weekend. Dylan Gabriel, boy, it, OU still make or sure making it sound like he's going to play on on Saturday. If you just listen to the OU side of things, Dylan Gabriel himself and Brent Venables and Drake Stoops, you think, yeah, Gabriel's going to play. My question is this, Parker. If he does play on Saturday, which I think he's going to, is he going to be a full go within the offense? Can you turn him loose in the run game? Will they turn him loose in the run game? What does that look like? Because you're one hit away, maybe, of him not playing the rest of the year. Yeah, and I think he's a competitive enough guy that he's going to be pretty unencumbered mentally out there on the football field. Obviously, if you're putting yourself in Jeff Levy's shoes, you're probably being a little bit more cautious with the way you dial things up. But then again, Gabriel got hurt on a scramble, right? That wasn't a designed run. The one that he, that he got slid hurt on. on. Yeah, so... By the book, Dylan Gabriel has done everything the right way in terms of protecting himself. He just ended up on the wrong end of what was a flagrant illegal hit that left him concussed. And so I don't know if there's tremendous concern about Gabriel sustaining another concussion. I will be interested to see more than anything else Saturday if Oklahoma's defense can freaking contain Jason Bean because with what they did or rather didn't do with Adrian Martinez and Max Duggan, assuming Jason Bean is the guy for Kansas, and wasn't that a whole situation yesterday where Jalen Daniels was out for the year for about two hours? Yeah, two different pictures with the shades on and with the shades off. So that was – yeah, the, the the troll job there. I mean, that, that was really good. Dude, it was Lan- really nice. Lance Leipold was having a fun time. Jalen Daniels was having a fun time. The one guy that wasn't having a fun time was whatever KU reporter put that out Ooh, there. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yikes! Travis, what's going on over there at Ash Cigar Bar? Oh, we're kicking it. Got a few people here enjoying uh, some uh, some smokes in the, the middle of the day on their uh, Wednesday. So, yeah, a little uh, looking forward to uh, their continued support. They're great partners of uh, KREF. And, uh, yeah, it should be a fun three hours here. Parker, do we see number nine, DJ Graham number nine? Well, I guess he, if he's going to be on offense, he can't be number nine. Where do we see DJ Graham at on Saturday, on offense or defense? Or both. Could see him at both, I that guess. Could, could be neither. Could be neither? I, I, I don't know, <laughs> All man. All are uh, on the table. No, if he's switching to offense, he is going to have to switch numbers. Either that or you're just going to have to be very cognizant of which packages you use him in versus which packages you use Braden Willis in. But – uh, no, he's a, he's a talented athlete. He's a talented receiver. I'd be surprised if he doesn't see the field and it, like catching meaningful passes at some point, whether that's weekend or this weekend or further down the line, the 2022 season. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Friday rush on Wednesdays now during the season. Coming up next with Travis Davidson and myself. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans.